Good morning. Ian Power here, along with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor on the Home Discovery Show today. We're going to talk about zero emissions, a new, bold, and uh, might I say aggressive, perhaps somewhat challenging plan will be put to City Council in Vancouver this week. On Tuesday, they'll have a look at this plan, and and the whole idea, it's kind of ambitious, but we'll get into the details uh, with somebody who can explain it much better than I can, is to move the city to zero emissions and passive house construction, something that we have talked about on this show before. We have brought a lot of information on the Home Discovery Show about energy efficiency, uh, about home improvement that in the long term, can not only help save you money, make your home more comfortable, but can also be a little more environmentally friendly. So we'll talk to uh, Sean Pander in just a couple of minutes from right now. A little bit later on, uh, in about 20 minutes from right now, uh, Mr. Show Business, Mr. Show Business, his name is Todd Talbot, who has also been a regular on our show here, and he'll be coming in to talk about Lord knows what. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it has also something to do with energy efficiency and some kind of new building form that he's involved with on the North Shore. And beyond that, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know much more. So we'll find <laughs> out from Todd. Oh, uh, did you see this? This is interesting. When have you ever painted your house, your own house? Not, I know as a professional, I'm sure you've painted lots of houses, but have you ever painted your own house? Inside. I've only inside. ever done inside. Okay. So when it comes to painting, if you want to change the color of your place, you know, how do you go about it? If you're not a designers do this all the time, they go, oh, well, I think that this color would work here. Or if you use this combination, what's the rule of thumb that you're only supposed to use so many colors? Is it five or something like that? Right, yeah. There, there's some, um, yeah, thumb rule, exactly. There's a base color, then trim colors, and uh, yeah, maybe an accent wall, that sort of thing. Research has been done oh. on this very topic. Mm-hmm. So we can we can put aside any of the problems that you might have in selecting a color. And this research has shown the the worst paint colors ever. These are the ugliest home colors on the planet bar none. And I always thought that, you know, that beauty is in the, the eye of the beholder. If you like blue and I like gray, that's okay, right? Sure. But apparently not. These are the ugliest home colors, according to research, the worst paint colors in the world. Okay. So you want to see that? I was say they're not at your house, are they? Well, it's possible. <laughs> okay. I mean, I do have a bizarre little palette going on there. Mm. Not by choice, I might add, but... <laughs> You know, I just play along and say, okay, that's fine. Let's Stop buying in the discount bin. That's <laughs> okay. So anyway, the, the worst paint colors ever, have a look at the Home Discovery Show Facebook page, which, of course, normally I would not be promoting as much as I am right at this moment, but I think this is good. This is good. Uh, the, the worst. And then there's the other thing, the, the other item on there that was put on this week is about the palette stuff. That's really you know, cool. You know those old pallets? Like, yes. Uh, when, I, when I resodded the lawn, the, the, the sod was delivered on pallets. That's right. And and I don't know what you did with the pallets, but apparently you're supposed to recycle them or upcycle them, and you can make cool yes. things with them. Yes, absolutely. So if you want to do something like that with pallets, we've got the pallet patio furniture that you could build yourself for a little summer project, a little weekend DIY 
Now you're doing a, a little DIY at your house. You're you're like you're the proverbial shoemaker's son. Oh yes, absolutely. You've got holes in your shoes. Yes. Now, yeah, I mean you have a nice place. I, I'm, I'm the one to paint it. It's not a shack or a ramshackle or anything like that. You know, and and you do take care of things that you need to take care of. But when it comes to projects, let's be honest. When you come home from a long day of of working on people's houses or the different commercial projects that you're involved in, the last thing you want to do is pull out your tools to to work on your own place. Am I right? Absolutely. Right. You'd rather throw a steak on the barbecue well, and, the, and and yeah. kick back. Exactly. Okay. But for some strange reason, you decided this week this would be the week that you would rip off your old deck and put up a new one. Right. Why? Well, <laughs> because well, you're, you've lost all control of your senses. Well, that that is probably the paramount reason. The other thing was I started to find too much rot, and uh-huh. so rot remediation became well. You know, I could make it a little bit bigger, and it is now twice the size it was. Twice the size. Twice the size. So, and you showed me pictures earlier, and uh, so you dismantled the old deck, and you found that most of it was was pretty rotted. How how old is that deck? That you took down? That would probably be um, 30 years. Original equipment? Um, no, because the house had an extension on before we were there. So okay. it would have been yeah, probably 30 years. Okay, so it sits time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you've doubled the size. Double the size. And uh, now we're doing, uh, you know, we're not doing as good of a, a job as I would sell to somebody else. Oh, is that right? Well, uh, I'm So sa- we probably shouldn't be talking about this. We shouldn't be. The little contractor <laughs> destroys his house with his new deck. Uh, the other thing that I noted in the picture, which I thought was interesting, is that because you have three daughters, yes, and you've got one of your daughters in the picture uh, holding actual tools, machinery, then she looks like she looks like the old man oh, work, yeah. working on working on the deck. That's well, great. Well, she's got a less lesser beard than I do, but she does uh, she does put out the tools and she. She'll work with them, and because she's at that age now, she's in school. Does she have aspirations to get into contracting? I'm I'm not seeing it. She kind of pushes the broom a little bit, then gets bored and does something else. But right. we'll, we'll keep seeding that uh, that grass and see okay. if it grows. Good. Um, brings a whole new meaning to the little contractor. That's right. How about the littlest contractor? Hey, not a bad idea. Let's take a break. Uh, our phone is always open on the Home Discovery Show. Anytime you want to jump in and, and, and talk at us, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 if you're mobile. When we come back, we'll take this break and we'll talk zero emissions in the city of Vancouver with Sean Pander. Uh, this, is a, this is an important topic. It's also very interesting. I think that you'll like what you're about to hear. Stay with us. The Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back. Ian Power here, along with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. The zero emissions building plan goes to council on Tuesday. If adopted, it sets up a path intended to rapidly move Vancouver to zero emissions and passive house construction using the building bylaw and incentives for private sector leaders. To talk more about this and perhaps more importantly, to help us understand the zero emissions building plan, and how it will take hold locally, we called Sean Pander. He's the Green Building Program Manager with the City of Vancouver. And it's nice to talk to you again, Sean. Good morning, Ian. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, you bet. How are you doing? I'm real well. What a great day. You're a busy guy. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a pretty ambitious plan and likely uh, over most of our heads. Uh, but it's been laid out for um, four action strategies. Can you break that down a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of uh, the first strategy is really using the building bylaw and our rezoning policies to set 
limits on greenhouse gas emissions for new building construction and then sort of step those down over time until by 2030 all buildings are required to have zero emissions or use only renewable energy. So that's the first action. The, 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 the second, third, and fourth actions really are about if we're going to do this successfully, we're going to have to start building these buildings right away and sharing what we learn in, in doing that. So the, the next three actions are, uh, the first one is just to call on the city and um, uh, the Vancouver Affordable Housing Agency to start building to the Passive House Certified Standard wherever feasible, starting right away. So that starts to build that demand for the design and the components, get the trades, you know, training programs going so that, you know, people can build these buildings. The third action strategy is really looking at the private sector. And we did a lot of research and we looked at the city of Brussels and what they did was they said, let's not guess the best way to do this. Let's encourage those private sector leaders to really start doing it, take some risks, and let's uh, put some catalysts in front of them so that those leaders start building it. And then the fourth strategy really is it's called capacity building. And that's like as the city and affordable housing agencies and, and private sector leaders start to build these buildings, let's have tools and a center of excellence where uh, the design and the construction lessons learned about what works, what doesn't, what's the you know best way to do this, what you know how do you do it so that it's beautiful and cost effective at the same time as high performing. Mm-hmm. So really, it's like set the limits, so show some leadership, encourage private sector leadership, and then really build capacity through sharing of knowledge. Now we've talked about passive house uh, before on this program with you and with others. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the the concept of passive house and why passive house technology, opposed to lead or some of the Energuide uh, technologies that are available. Right. Well, really, what we did was we looked at what kind of buildings are getting built in the city, and really, eighty-two percent of all new construction as a sort of by building area is residential. Now, whether that's like a detached house or you know a high-rise condominium or apartment building, so really, most of what we're building is residential, and most of the energy use in those buildings is for heating. So we we said let's look at a standard that uh, is simple because really we were uh, seeing and receiving evidence that uh, for homeowners and you know condominium strata um, councils complex systems complex technologies and complex systems very hard to maintain and and keep operating sort of at their peak efficiency so we said well. Let's focus more on sort of passive approaches, really good insulation. Let's build these buildings well insulated. Let's put super high quality windows in them. Let's make sure they're well uh, air sealed. And then let's make sure we bring in lots of fresh air. But as we do so, we preheat that incoming air with the outgoing uh, stale air. So really we were like, okay, this is what we need to do because this is how energy is being used. This is where all the emissions are coming from that and hot water. But we looked at that and we said, what's the best standard? And really, we looked around the world and we said, ah, the Passive House standard really is the standard that doesn't doesn't try to do everything. It says, let's focus really on super high-performing building envelopes that lead to high degrees of uh, occupant comfort and really high uh, amounts of indoor air quality. Well said. Uh, I I really like the idea of Passive House technology. First came to my attention about five years ago. And the the thing that I wonder about this program that, that you're promoting right now and that the city will take a look at on Tuesday is this, we're talking about new construction, obviously. What about retrofitting to the passive house standard? Is that possible? 
It, it is actually the uh, the passive host standard. There are um, there's sort of passive hosts for new construction, and then there's a, a, a slightly different version for renovations of uh, and major retrofits of existing buildings. So you know, the, and the passive host standard it applies to all kinds. You know, it's it's not just about houses. Uh, house in in German, which is where the standard comes from, speaks to buildings. Right. And it is very much possible, and and we're seeing a lot of that in Europe. What we're trying to do is. Um, we, we, you know, we will encourage those retrofits, but what we want to do is, is, is use the new construction where it's the easiest to start building those, uh, that experience, getting the you know, local window providers and insulation and, and, and all of the trades and, and supply chain sort of moving quickly in the provision of these really high-quality building out elements. Uh, and then once we are comfortably on that path, and that might take us a few years, really turn our attention to, great, now that we're building this momentum for new construction, let's start to look at how we do retrofits. Obviously, we're starting to do research in that area right now, but before we really you know, move forward to, to, to put it into practice at any kind of scale, uh, we're going to take a couple years uh, of, of building that experience in the new building world. Let me ask you this. Uh, what if any opposition are you facing? Because the first thing that comes to my mind, and, I, and I'm trying to be devil's advocate here, is that if I'm a, a heritage conservationist, I, I'm going to be a little bit concerned about any kind of promotion of new construction only. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, obviously this program doesn't happen in a vacuum within the city. Uh, we have incentives to, to retrofit uh, heritage homes. Uh, we're looking at other tools to protect that, you know, that, that neighborhood character and, and, those, and those buildings that make our neighborhoods really great to be in and, and create that diversity and, and, and that touchstone back to the, the way we used to build. So um, this is not about encouraging new construction. It is about when you're when you are building new, let's build to the highest possible standard. And again, we're going to step that down over time, but really work with those leaders to, to start building the end buildings now so we learn what it takes and, we, and, and uh, we can get all the policy barriers out of the way. So we, uh, again, this is a, a program that you don't take in isolation. There are other tools the city's uh, working on developing and deploying to protect those beautiful old buildings we do have. When you're using materials, when you, you talked about using the best windows available, you talked about insulating so that it's it's really tight. Uh, so the, the quality of materials is very important. Is this going to drive the cost of construction way over the top? Um, we don't believe so. Again, what we're looking at doing is in the first steps we take is, is take those uh, easy-to-do first steps uh, that actually can have a fairly significant impact in reducing the amount of uh, sort of fossil fuel-based energy. Um, and what we looked at and, and uh, was in the sort of a high-rise sector, the extra requirements for windows and, and uh, insulation and breaking all that, like there's a lot of exposed concrete in our high-rise buildings, so to get away from that uninsulated slab ends and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. All that extra investment in the in an in a, in improved building envelope is offset by the savings uh, that you get from the complex mechanicals that the current requirements uh, force you to do. So really, it's a it, it break even. Uh, it's a break right. even in terms of construction, and then in terms of and it's really important when you think of what is a house cost. Uh, we've also looked at okay, but let's look long run. What that shift does, that savings means there's more electric based heat. You know whether it's uh, resistance heat because you need very little or air source heat pump. Um, so we've said, wow, we're going to shift to a more expensive form of electricity, but because we need so much less, 
um, that the operating costs stay the same. So what we've done is we've introduced these changes that haven't increased the capital cost or the operating costs, oh, but really? will significantly reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. So in the high-rise buildings, I think we've really sort of found a, a sweet spot for that first step. Now, going all the way to passive house, there may be some incremental costs, uh, but those uh, long-term savings, the operating costs, not only from energy cost savings, but the maintenance of a, of a, a passively designed and built building is significantly less right. as well. So that balances out. And, and really what we're looking at is we're not requiring people to go all the way to that standard. We're taking that voluntary leadership step, and we're going to put tools in place to make it effective for developers sure. and for the city to do that. And what we've seen in other jurisdictions is as more people do it and, and more competition in the supply chains emerge, that those prices come down really rapidly. Mm-hmm. One thing that we have to talk about before we let you go, Sean, because I'm fascinated by what you're talking about, and I I love the passive house design and the idea, the concept. The one thing that we didn't talk about, and that's the comfort of living in that kind of environment. Right. Well, absolutely. I think one of the things when we set off on this path to sort of develop these strategies, we said, let's do this in a way that maximizes the sort of related benefits. And really what we did when we focused on envelope and we looked at that passive house standard, um, absolutely. In terms of this improved quality of construction uh, and and the use of the the higher end materials as opposed to fancy mechanicals really improves the comfort. And you look at sort of the thermal comfort. These buildings, when designed to the standard and verified, so there's all these checks and balances within that design process, um, helps, you know, keep the keep the warm air in the home uh, and, and prevents the drafts. It also, you know, when you sit next to a, a window, uh, in a, uh, if it's a low-quality window, you can get a chill off that window, even mm-hmm. though the air temperature inside your home is warm. It's like the clouds, you know, covering the sun on mm-hmm. a spring spring morning. You know, while, while the sun's out, you're warm, but as soon as you're not directly exposed to that uh, source of heat, you can get a chill, even though the air temperature hasn't changed. So this higher quality windows means you can sit next to the window. You don't have a draft either from, you know, air leak or from that cold window. Uh, as well, um, that it keeps the heat out in the summer. Insulation works both ways, right? Absolutely. We've got to leave it there, though. Yeah, you bet. Sorry. Uh, you know what? We'll get you back. Good luck on Tuesday with the, uh, the city presentation. Sean uh, Pander is the Green Building Manager Uh, program manager with the City of Vancouver, the Sustainability Group. Uh, Always informative, and uh, I I like this direction, and I I wish you well with it. Great. Thanks so much, Thanks for your time. Uh, We do have to take a break. Uh, We'll come back. We're going to talk to Todd Talbot on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. My name is Ian Power. I'm here with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor, and joining us on the phone is Todd Talbot, TV host, entrepreneur, entertainer, investor, traveler, philanthropist, personality, <laughs> lover, family man, handyman, family let's guy. With, let's go with lover. And I that's all the time we have. That's right. Yeah, it was great talking to you both. <laughs> nice to have you with us, Todd. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Ian. We got away to Whistler. Well, I'm actually up in Whistler right now looking at Needle Lake. Oh. Uh, from, from the Needle Lake Lodge here, it is absolutely stunning. And uh, are you getting a free room now that you've mentioned that on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> We're going zip lining next. Are you? That's yeah, so much yeah. fun. Out at Cougar Mountain. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're excited. We left the kids behind. So, oh. You know, don't tell them we're going ziplining. Oh, well, I, and they're, I'm sure they're listening right now intently. <laughs> Daddy's <laughs> they, on the they radio. Love your show. 
they love your show. Uh, yeah, and and I love them too. So, what do you? Uh, you just you and your wife are taking a little weekend away, or? That's right. Yeah, we just came up for two days and uh, just relaxing. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Do you do a lot of that? No, uh, we don't do any of that. That's the problem. Well, that's why I'm asking because you're. You really are a going concern. You've got Love It or Listed Vancouver, obviously, which is is doing really well here, and then in in Love It or Listed in in the U.S. Uh, you're involved in so many things, and I, you know, a tongue in cheek with the introduction, but you are a busy guy, and you're involving yourself in yet uh, another very interesting project. And and before we get into the details of that, yeah, let's go back a little bit in your history because most people know you as an entertainer, if I can put that uh, put it that way. But you really do, first of all, you're a real estate guy, uh, but the other part of that is you're a handyman, and you love construction, and you like the way homes are put together. So uh, give us a little backfill on that, and then we'll get into this new project that you're working on. Yeah, well, I'm fascinated with, you know, home construction. I love to do it. It's, it's, um, you know, it's my passion around homes is to be able to get in and actually roll up my sleeves and and renovate either, you know, mostly properties that I've invested in. Um, you know, we've spent many years working on our house up in Lions Bay. Um, you know, I kind of got the bug about 12, 15 years ago. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's that kind of um, fascination with, uh, with homes that landed me the gig on, on Love It or List It. Um, I would just talk about real estate and you know all aspects of it and um you know the the producer of the show uh we used to sit around and have a scotch and talk about real estate and um you know so when the show came uh to be then uh you know he gave me a call and said you know i think this would be the perfect fit but i you know it's it's interesting because when we talk about real estate so much of the conversation right now is about affordability and what's going on in the market and foreign investment and all of that side of the conversation. One of the things that I think, and that's very important, but one of the things that seems to be missing is what we're building and how we're building it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's just as important. You know, we can get really short-sighted uh, on that side of the conversation because people are fixated on, on price. Um, but if you take a slightly longer-term view of things, um, I, I was actually, um, I got connected with some friends of mine who have a company called Terra Mechanical, and they are building a house here in Vancouver. And they, um, they reached out to me and said, you know, you got to come by and check out what we're doing. So I had, I had no idea. I showed up at this place, and they're building a house using this technology called Bone Structure, B-O-N-E. Mm-hmm. And it's a company based out of Quebec. And they're not paying me uh, anything for, for this promotion. Um, but, you know, I've just been talking about it uh, to everyone I meet because it, it, the technology of it and the evolution of residential home building is, is, a, is a topic that fascinates me. In fact, I called you, uh, you know, earlier this week to just share this with you as well, which is the reason we're talking on the radio today. So, um, be, well, just before you get into this, yeah, uh, yeah. I want to ask you... Um, I don't know if you heard our last segment because I know you're in Whistler, but we were we were just talking about uh, passive house technology, yeah. which is something that uh, we on this show are very much in support of, and we think it's a, it's a great idea. Is this more what you're talking about? Is this more of a structural design to house building, or does it, it take into the the consideration of energy efficiency and comfort? 
Yeah, so uh, all of those things. And, and to be fair, I'm not the expert on bone structure. The whole team is actually flying out um, for next weekend. There's an open house on the 16th and, se- 16th and 17th. So anybody who's interested in getting more information should really listen to those guys because I'm only going to scratch the surface. Okay. Um, what is it that but, appeals to you, though, Todd? Just on, well, So on a pedestrian level, there's something yeah. that has, has struck your imagination or your interest. Yeah, well, first of all, it's steel construction, which um, is very interesting because the first thing that hits you when you walk into the space is that it's clear span. Mm. So there's no supporting walls on the inside. And one of the things that I love about that is the adaptability. So when we think about homes into the future, uh, you know, the configuration right now might be open concept, but in, you know, 10 or 15 years, someone else moves in. They want to add walls, take away walls. Well, you can do that without ripping down the home or doing major, major, um, you know, surgery to the house by, you know, new footings and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, the adaptability and the longevity of the home, I think, is is really interesting. You know, I see over and over again, people are tearing down homes that are built in the 80s. Well, there's no reason we should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you brought up, you know, the energy efficient side of things and the environmental impact. Um you know, these houses are insane. They, they talk a ton about the thermal barrier that they create, the, the structure that you uh, design and then they deliver not only has styrofoam insulation on the inside that fits perfectly into each cavity, but then there's a closed cell spray foam that um, surrounds the entire uh, building um, underneath the foundation as well as, of course, up the walls on the exterior of the house. So from an energy efficiency standpoint, it is, it's off the charts. And there's a bunch um, more, too. i got to just stop you there for a minute. Yeah. We have to take a break. Will you stay with us for a sec? Absolutely. There's a couple of other features that I've been reading about that I, I think that are, are very much uh, uh, something that we should be sharing uh, with people that are listening to the Home Discovery Show. Our uh, guest is Todd Talbot, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. We've got more on bone structure. That's next on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. And we are back. Uh, Ian Power here with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor, talking to Todd Talbot, co-host of Love It or List at Vancouver, and a multiple of uh, other things that he's involved with. Uh, very much involved in the real estate world. He's involved in construction and as a personal guy who just likes to, to tinker and do handiwork. Bone structure is what we're talking about today with Todd. Next generation, high performance homes designed and built using an integrated process. Uh, it, this is uh, based a, a lot on the aerospace industry, uh, precision, architectural freedom, and energy efficiency. And Todd, one of the things that uh, struck me right away was the use of solar energy. Uh, I believe, if I read collect, uh, correctly, a 10-kilowatt solar array on the roof, which will probably look after most of the power needs and possibly even feed back into the grid. But things like um, irrigation, rainwater collection, uh, radiant heat, all of these things make for a very uh, energy-efficient home, but also a very comfortable home. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, the technology is stunning, and uh, Jason and John, who built the, uh, who are building the house right now in, uh, in North Vancouver, I mean, these guys are experts in that technology. They've been working on other homes, installing that technology, so they thought they would apply that, uh, that area of expertise to the bone structure and marry those two things together. So they've got solar panels across the roof, uh, rainwater capture. I mean, all kinds of systems that, uh, frankly, blow me away. And, um, 
And the cool thing is, is next weekend, they're opening up the doors partway through construction so that people can see the inner workings. Because, you know, once you, once you put the drywall up, it's very difficult for people to understand the right. difference between, you know, a, a traditional stick frame building uh, to this construction. But to be able to kind of peel back the skin, it's like going to Science World where they do those, you know, those exhibits where they peel the skin yeah. off of animals and people. And it's just fascinating. But without the gory stuff. Without, yeah, there's no blood. There's no <laughs> blood whatsoever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because we don't have very many conversations around the evolution of home building. But we have it in other industries, like in the car industry. You know, we, we, everyone's fascinated with Tesla, companies like Tesla. Mm-hmm. But then when we get into houses, we just kind of default to what we've been doing for hundreds of years, especially in this you know, in this part of the world where wood is prevalent or has been anyways. And, um, you know, and so stick frame construction has been just a go-to. Um, so it's just interesting to see other things. And there's other companies out there who are doing, you know, really interesting things. One of the, one of the other little uh, anecdotal notes that, uh, that I think was fascinating is the amount of waste that they create on site. So they don't have a bin on site. Oh, really? They took one truckload of like one pickup truck load to the dump Wow! from the entire construction up to this point. I mean, it's just fascinating because everything gets delivered on the truck and you put it together. Like, remember, what was it, the Erectus sets or something like that? Do you remember back in the day? It's basically like Lego. You put it together and it's the precision of it. I mean, I'm sounding like a little bit of a nerd here, but um, everything is true and plumb. And I'm sure you know, Steve can appreciate this. You walk in when you're, when you're drywalling, you can, you can have your kitchen laid out prior to anything being built because the measurements are going to be exact. Right. Every little bit is, um, is lined up. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, I sound like I'm, uh, I'm falling in love with these guys. But, <laughs> let, uh, let me ask you this, though, Todd, because I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. And, yeah. and, I, and I like what I've seen. I like what I've read. And your description is very nice. I mean, they've got an electric charging station for your electric vehicle. All yeah. that's very well. You talk about wood construction. Wood has been around for a long time. It Wood has been, for the most part, let's not get into nickels and dimes, but wood has been accessible and affordable. Steel yeah. is expensive. How is this going to... Uh, is this going to be a home only for the wealthy, or is, this, is there some way that they can produce a home like this that the average person will be able to get into? It's a first question that I ask them, too, and obviously they're partway through construction, so we should circle back on that and, and look at the final numbers. But I think there's a few savings that happen in this process through savings on labor because it's very efficient to put up, so they're mm-hmm. saving time in that sense. Uh, Jason and John's estimate was that it would be about 10 to 15 percent more in terms of construction costs so you know and those savings should be realized in the long term with the energy savings and and that kind of thing exactly so i mean it'll be interesting to look at the economics of it at the end of the day and after let's say year one of the house being you know fully uh fully functional um but i think it's a great point i mean it, it doesn't make any sense if people are spending um, you know, ton more money, and it's not accessible to to the average person building a house. I got two more questions for you, and then I'm going to okay. let you go. Uh, first question is, where do you want uh, where do you want to steer people? Is there a website? Is there where where's the information? Uh, how can people access this next weekend? Yeah, so if you go to bone b o n e structure c a, you can register right there. You get all the information, the address, and stuff like that. It, the open house is on the 16th and 17th. 
Okay. Um, I'll tweet. I'll tweet it out too. So okay. If you're on Twitter at uh, Todd Talbot, and I'll tag you in, and we'll we'll shoot that information out. Perfect. Okay. Great. Now, second question. This is totally off topic. I didn't prepare okay. you for this at all, but I, I I've been wanting to ask somebody who could probably provide an answer, and I think you can. In this real estate market that we are in today, yes. is this a time, this may be the dumbest question I've ever asked, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I don't know the answer. Is this a time to buy and flip homes? Uh, well, I think that's a, okay, so you're talking about actually flipping a home. Right, just um, buying up stuff, fixing it up, and flipping it. Is this is this the market to do it in? Well, if you have a crystal ball, then I could give you a, an absolute answer. I mean, the fact is, is that the the market has been going up, um, uh, in as everyone knows, in a in a in a um, a crazy way, shall we say, over the last number of years. And there's probably some more time in that, but no one knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to cool down at some point. And I think we're fact, starting to see that, though. We're already starting to see that. There's no question about it. So, you know, any t- this is what I say to anybody: if you want to flip a home. The shorter the timeline that you have, the more risk you're taking. Okay. Anytime you buy a piece of property, there's risk. And mm-hmm. we've been spoiled in this market because we think there's no risk, but there is. So the law, I was talking to somebody up in Whistler about it yesterday. If you're planning to buy a house today and you're going to hold on to it for 10 years, do I think it's going to be more expensive in 10 years? Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to go up in value. Uh, in 10 months, I can't answer that question. Nobody can. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. In the meantime, yeah. uh, have a look at bone structure, bone, just like the, those bones that connect our bodies, bonestructure.ca. Have a look at that. Uh, one of the projects that Todd Talbot is involved with. This weekend, you're involved with zip lining with your wife at Whistler, <laughs> and your television career is going great, and uh, it's always fun talking to you. And, yeah, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got new episodes coming out in the fall on W Network, so people are keen to see some new episodes of Love It or Lose Vancouver. Then. So- they can check it out after the sun goes away. Season number four. Season number four, baby. Well, keep up the good work, Todd. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Ian. Todd Talbot from Love It or Listed Vancouver. And uh, as I said, a, a multitude of other things. Again, that website is bonestructure.ca. We'll definitely look more into that and find out uh, exactly how this is all going to shake down. Maybe we can go down to uh, take a visit to this house and uh, do a tour. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll come back in just a moment. This is the Home Discovery Show, and we're on News Talk 980 CKNW. It's always good talking to Todd Talbot. Uh, Today on the Home Discovery Show, we spent a lot of time talking about energy efficiency, and it's become so advanced and relatively easy to do. As I mean, we talked about this years ago, late 70s, the, the, the conversation uh, then in the 1980s, we started to get uh, serious about it. We found that if we made our buildings too tight and they didn't breathe, we would have mold and those kinds of problems, a leaky condo syndrome born around that. And uh, now we're, are we st- finally starting to get smart about the, the way we do things? It, it seems to be because we're looking outside of our box. Uh, environment conditions aside, we have to look other places. Uh, Europe has been, a, has been a great help for getting things to come to us because of the technology availability, we look at prefabricated homes, look at the steel construction, look at anything other than, as Todd was saying, we've been doing Western platform framing uh, wood construction forever because that's what we know. And we're not out of that. We'll still use wood because it's a reno- renewable resource and it's it's plentiful and relatively affordable. 
a steal. I am wondering how much that will cost at the end of the day. There, there are offsets, and you can't just say, well, steel and concrete are very expensive products. However, there, there may be an offset. So we'll watch this uh, very closely uh, and, and see how it unfolds. I am a big fan, as, a, as I mentioned. I've said it many times. I like the passive house philosophy. It makes an awful lot of sense. I like that the fact that they, they'll go... And I cite one home in particular in South Vancouver, a Vancouver special that was retrofitted along the passive house lines and using Environment Canada data from, I don't know if it was 50 or how many years ago, to put into a computer and model what you need to make this passive house work efficiently and uh, very low cost to, to put together. So uh, it's something to watch. Now, we mentioned earlier, and I've had a lot of emails, so I want to mention this again, because uh, science or research could be two different things, right? Research and mm-hmm. science. But uh, according to research, uh, they have identified the ugly home colors that you probably want to avoid. What are the worst paint colors for your house? If you want to see that, uh, you go to the Home Discovery Show, Home Discovery Show page on Facebook. So get onto Facebook, do a little search for the Home Discovery Show, and it's the first item on our news feed. And just under that is the uh, do-it-yourself palettes, uh, little patio fun DIY stuff on the weekend if you're looking for things to do around your place. Like you need me, or Steve for that matter, <laughs> to tell you what to do on the weekend. Listen, if you don't have anything to do, Feel free to come over to Steve's place and help him build his new deck. <laughs> what do you got on the barbecue? Whatever you're bringing. <laughs> uh, coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes after the update from the news desk at 11, uh, the Civil Resolution Tribunal is about to begin their intake on July 13th. We'll talk to the chair uh, from an interview that we did yesterday on CKNW, and I think this is something that people are going to get very, very excited about. We're also going to talk a little bit about bicycles. And we're going to do our regular feature of What's Bugging You with Joe Gabera. That's coming up next on Vancouver Consumer. Mike Given is our technical producer for Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. My name is Ian Power. And this is the Home Discovery Show on News Talk 980 CKNW.